this week on Prepping 2.0. Patreon's questions. Folks, we got so many questions with so many great topics and so many good things to talk about. This is going to be a real treat today. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here, Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Oh, boy. It's a pot puri or pot puri, as I used to say before I learned how to pronounce that word. It's a pot puri of prepping topics from our Patreons. There's a lot of peas in that sentence. We answer these questions. Uh, we guarantee that at least one of these questions is something you've been wondering yourself. And as always, please remember, the only thing harder than planning for a disaster is explaining why you didn't. This is the part of the show where we pick the sponsor superlative of the week. We apparently overused the word awesome, so now we come up with a new one every week. This week, the sponsor superlative is tremendous. I've got to admit that I'm using an online thesaurus for this. Not a lot of creativity here. So, Shelby, would you please let folks know about our first sponsor using the sponsor superlative of the week, Tremendous. Our Tremendous sponsor of this week is Pro One Water Filters. Mm -hmm. They are tremendous, and you will see that if you go to their website, which you can find at prepping2-0.com, click on Friends and Affiliates, you will see their tremendous amount of products that they offer, not just your silver can countertop water filter, but also whole home water systems, mm -hmm. amazing whole bunker systems, whole bunker systems, mm -hmm. tremendous amount of options and ways to check off that box of making sure you've got your water supply taken care of. We sure will. We'll be talking about that in a moment. And now it is the I Miss America moment of the week. Shelby, take it away. So apparently the woke leaders of the military have so thoroughly weakened our Air Force that it takes two missiles at $200,000 a piece to bring down a Chinese balloon, mm -hmm. but it really didn't. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. So in eastern Montana, two weeks after the incident, mm -hmm. it was reported um, through a local news source here in Montana that there was an attempt over Montana to take down the balloon and our Air Force missed. $200,000 AIM-9 missile so, missed. Okay, here's the deal. Can, when you're aiming something, is there a possibility of missing? Yes. Here's the thing. Not that, when they're radar guided. Exactly. Here's the tricky thing, though. It's not even tricky. It's the it's the I Miss America moment. There used to be a time when our military, like, oh, we shot and missed, switching to guns. Yeah. We are not, the mission is to take down the balloon, and we don't stop until the mission is done. No, they missed and said, oh, okay. Look, time to go home. Yeah, time to go. We time missed. Time to go get diversity training. And there's a whole bunch of word salad blathering coming out of our president and the Department of Justice on as to why they did this. The blathering is adds more to the I Miss America moment. We used to have a military that would have taken this down when it was over our waters of the Pacific Ocean. And instead, we took a shot, missed, took another shot, missed, and then, wow, we finally did it when it had already done its scavenging over the United States. I Miss America. At least, though, it was a one missile, one kill for the $12 hobbyist balloon yeah, taken down. Here's the second half of that yeah. story. Yeah. So we're able to take out a $12 balloon with a $200,000 missile. I guess, yay for us. So I where guess. did, the, and that happened where exactly? Uh, Illinois, uh, uh, Lake uh, Superior, whatever one of the great lakes are. I'm sure our Michigan listeners will tell us. It was actually Lake Ontario, but whatever it was, one of the Great Lakes, we don't know. So our military is really good at taking out- $12 hobbyist balloons. By the way, it looks like it was launched by a weather slash radio club at some <laughs> university. And I just have visions of Revenge of the Nerds. You know, the nerds launch oh a weather gosh. balloon and the Air Force shoots it down. That the plots, That's what just happened. The plots of Revenge of the Nerds movies, like number six or whatever they ended with, were so awful that that would actually be a plot of one of those movies if they could have seen so into can, the future. So we can shoot down a hobbyist balloon with $200,000 missiles, but we can't shoot down an actual threat. I miss America. That's exactly. our I miss America moment of the week. So next up, speaking of something that we don't want to talk about. Yeah, we don't okay, want now, people to now, do this. Please don't do this. Yes. George Soros wants you to do the following, so don't do it. This is this might be sarcastic. Don't go to prepping2-0.com and look at the shop tab to see what the merchandise with I Miss America on it. That starts so many great conversations when you wear it. Don't look at that no, shop don't. tab. There's nothing awesome there. 
No, nothing to see. George Soros would be very pleased. Yes. Top 100 items that disappear first. We've brought this back. We did this in previous episodes. In fact, we did seven episodes where we went in depth on all 100 things on this list. Some of our best episodes, I may add. This is a list compiled by people uh, in, that survived the Bosnia experience. And uh, it's a list of things that they noticed went the fastest. So that would be a list of things you should definitely have. This list appears on prepping2-0.com on the website. It's called Top 100 List of Things. Uh, number two on the list, how apropos, which is French, much like potpourri, is French for appropriate. Uh, potpourri is not French for appropriate. It's French for a pot of things. Uh, water purification. And we were just talking about Pro One, which I think is personally speaking an excellent water purification solution shop on their website you just check that box exactly and they're a little bit cheaper actually quite a bit cheaper than berkey which is kind of the brand everybody knows about nothing wrong with berkey i think you can do better for less money with pro one reason of the week to be a patreon vbs shows of my khnc show vbs's are video bonus shows for five dollar and up patreons recently uh listeners and i should say viewers because they're video bonus shows it's a video of me doing the show um patriot trading group gave away silver coins a silver coin to listeners uh so that was cool well let's get into it Let's jump into the questions asked by our Patreons. And I note there's some joy in looking at the screen here of the Patreon post because as Patreon, you get a post things and we put up a question saying, hey, what are some questions you'd like answered? One of the cool things about me looking at this screen is I can. He can see it. Yeah, to tell folks about last time I was trying to look at a screen and do Patreon stuff. Well, the last time you tried to look at a Patreon screen and do stuff, you couldn't. Why is that? Because you had a major eye surgery and you had a detached retina repair done. And I had a bubble. I still have a small one. It's gone away of nitrous oxide for real. This is not a joke. Nitrous oxide in my eye. It's part of the repair. Yeah. Which pushes on the retina to keep it where it needs to be. So it reattaches to my eyeball and I couldn't see the screen. And it was horrible. But now I can see it. So yeah. celebration time. Yay. So yeah, the last time we did this, I did most of the reading and you did the, a lot of the commenting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now it's more... Now it's going to be fitty-fitty. Fitty-fitty. Yeah. It's good. Our, our first uh, Patreon question is from Mike Luce. And he says, looking for a wood-burning stove for heating and cooking. Any brands slash models you can recommend? Mike, the answer is no. We actually don't know of any, but Shelby has a thought on so this. So here's the thing about wood-burning stoves. It's, I believe it's really specific to where you're at regionally. And there's a couple of answers below your question for that, depending on where you're at in the country. So I would look... I would start asking friends you know in the area, start looking for recommendations. And we've had to do that here in Montana for the same reason. Mm -hmm. It's very, because it's very climate specific. So that's unfortunately my unexciting answer to your question. Yes, but thank you for the yeah. question, Mike. The next question is from Ben Wheeler. And can I just say, Please. ties in to the next one too. We might put these two together because mm -hmm. they're very related. Yes, Ben Wheeler asks, now that you've been in Montana for a hard winter, what do you find that needs tweaking or definitive improvements? Uh, Shelby has some thoughts on this. So I do have some thoughts. I would say my first winter, especially, um, well, we uh, let me clarify. Our first winter, we were in a rental house and it was a typical winter. And we realized that between about December and February, you just need to be prepared for like zero, zero to 20 degrees, which is not awful. And then there's going to be a few days of sub-zero. Mm -hmm. This winter has been exceptional. Even mm -hmm. the locals are like, holy stromboli, zero. Wow, let's watch the language. I, know, it's, I need to be careful. Early November, we were having below zero temperatures that lasted for weeks. Mm -hmm. We are having them again, and we're having them in our forecast now, which is unusual. This this time of year, mid-February and on, is what they call mud season because everything is melting. So it's been a particularly hard winter. Go yeah, I, I have a couple thoughts on uh, our first real full Montana winter, hard winter, and that is... You can pre-purchase propane, yes. a lot of peas. Uh, apparently, this uh, show is being sponsored by the letter P, <laughs> a Sesame Street reference for, for older listeners. Um, and you can pre-buy propane 
at basically the summer rate. A great price. A great price. Your summer price. Yeah. Oh, no. We've just set a tone for the, oh, no, geez. we're not going to do this. Go we're going to weave the letter P into everything we do. Uh, you said P. Anyway, um, the, the pre-purchase of propane, uh, and you can save a lot of money. And I did that after our first winter here. We, we paid for the two coldest months at our rental place, which was a log home, which doesn't have the best insulation. 800 bucks a month for propane. That was insane. That it was, was stressful. Nutty. It was stressful. And it was because it was like you know, uh, way higher per gallon. And now um, we have some pretty reasonable stuff. The other thing we learned is when it gets really cold, and, the, and they say you need to live in a house for a full year mm -hmm. to fully understand it. I 100% agree with that. That is very wise. We, uh, we installed a little electric heater in sort of a junction area where some of the pipes were. We had frozen pipes when it was about 30 below zero. And uh, yeah, stuff freezes then. It kind of freaked us out. That kind that of was freaked stressful. us out when the water wouldn't run. And I wondered if all the plumbing was destroyed. Um, that's kind of a stressful thing. Well, about it, we, we put the uh, electric heater in this one junction box. I call it a junction box. It's not what it is. Area. It's like a little side room uh, utility, has, utility area that has a bunch of the plumbing stuff like comes to uh, it's like an intersection yeah yeah I'm sure all the plumbers out there are like slapping their palm palming their their it's where forehead. the hot water heater is yeah and um, and uh, then the water came back on because it melted through um, just that little bit of heat so now we have a little bit of, we have a little heater on throughout the winter uh, our electric bills are kind of outrageous but it's what you need to do it's cheaper than plumbing so that's one thing we learned um yeah and what else did we learn the other we? one i this has been my first winter with chickens mm. and it's my first hard winter ever in all of my years of having chickens and um it's it's been a learning process making sure that i can keep that coop especially at night when the temperatures get to 20 below making sure i can keep that coop warm enough our chicken chickens can take the cold they pretty have well. feathers that's they good well, insulation right, people but, pay good money for feather jackets right but there's also the injuries that come with it and i did a vbs for our mm -hmm. patreons on this on some of the frostbite issues and and frozen eggs that's been kind of fun mm -hmm. um so those are things that i'm still tweaking out and i what i would like to do especially if we continue to have these sorts of temperatures is to figure out a better way to put heat into that that coop for them especially at night so yeah we're still learning it and so the next question yeah, is related to that is related you take that moose one? ask i know how much you both love montana which is beyond crazy true mm -hmm. are any are there any negatives i think he means that you didn't know about before what if anything isn't better in retrospect i'm gonna let you think about that one hmm. mr tate i'm gonna say and this is not to be simplistic or pat I don't know of anything that isn't better here. Um, right. I, I honestly, I, I can't think of of anything. Uh, nothing comes to mind, and so I know that's really disappointing. Everyone wanted to hear some something clever. That's what you come to expect on this show, or not. You know, one of the two. I don't really have anything. What about you? I, you know, I'm kind of in that same boat. I mean, are there things that can be inconvenient or? Um, Unwieldy, but not enough to ever make me want to go back or, or, and I don't think that's what Moose is getting to. I will, the one thing I can say after, and you've said this too, and about by about January, February, mm. you're, you're, you really are kind of sick of the cold and it's not just the cold. It's what happens is, is it snows and then it melts a little bit and then it snows and it melts a little bit. So you basically have this layer of ice. Yeah. All over. Right now, our driveway is an ice rink. Mm -hmm. Right now, it is an ice rink all around my chicken coop. It is an ice rink in sh in places that are shady, which is typically like right now. On one side of our our storage shed is an ice rink, and mm -hmm. it takes a long time because you have this slight melting freezing for for weeks on end, and it and it does get bothersome and tiresome. And you just want it to be done. So I'm going to go ahead and, and revise my answer and say ice. Yeah, that's something I hadn't really thought about it. But yeah, that's that's not awesome. It gets it gets old. So I'll say that. But it, I'll take this. You know what is said a lot by Montanans? It keeps the liberals out. Mm -hmm. And I'm OK with that. Yeah. Overall, it's it's a great trade. Unlike um, Russell Wilson. Uh, with the Broncos. Oh, stop. But Let's anyway. go on. Okay. Barrett Runyon says, and this is a great question, a topic we don't address enough, mm -hmm. which is the beauty of Patreon questions. We answer what people actually care about, not what we say. Anyway, what are your recommendations for maps in bug out bags and bug out locations? Example, electronic, paper, 
and types of maps, what types of things to identify on maps, such as water sources and major roads. Excellent question. I'm not trying to be funny, but your question of which format to have maps, electronic paper, uh, answer is yes, both. We're huge fans of redundancy. We are huge fans of utilizing technology when it's available. I mean, a classic example would be GPS. We're big fans of the app ONX, O-N-X, which is a tremendous product that uh, you put on your phone. And as long as you have cell service, that's kind of a big if, uh, it'll tell you right where you are. It'll show you the parcels of land and it'll show you who owns them, which is kind of cool. And it shows you if it's legal to hunt on those parcels That's what it's of land. Used for primarily, as it's well primarily as, and honestly, hunting. realtors, they want yeah. to know property lines. Yeah, it's like, exactly. It's great for, for walking property lines and all that. It has a million uses. Um, now, it, of course, requires, you know, cell coverage. And, and that isn't always going to be a given. I mean, if you're bugging out, you really shouldn't be counting on it. And it probably, I'm guessing, I don't know this, on X probably can track where you are, which may not be an awesome feature depending on why you're bugging out. So having paper is a fantastic backup. Paper maps, for the most part, take up very little space. They, they don't, ex they're not like cheese. They don't rot and mold and go away. Um, the problem with paper maps is if you're covering a large area, You've got to have a lot of maps and that can start to take up space. It depends on how much detail you have. If you have like a state highway map, by the way, see verbal tick, by the way, every single person listening to my voice absolutely must have in their vehicle's glove box, a state highway map. Even if you think you're not going to need one, you're going to need one. Case in point, we went to a rodeo in Great Falls, Montana in the middle of January. I had this aforementioned gas bubble under my eye, in my eye, I should say. That and doesn't take elevation changes very no, well. No, it was installed at 3,200 feet in Missoula. And then we had to go over a pass that was 5,200 feet. What does gas do when the um, outside pressure is lower? It expands. Is that a problem when it is um, expanding in your eyeball and pushing your eyeball through your cornea? That is a big problem. So we were driving over ma major passes going up and down and we realized this and we stopped and where there's no cell service. Exactly. And what did I do? Um, I, I asked at a local store and, and they didn't know the elevation of the passes. There were two routes and I wanted to see which had the lower pass. Um, and so we went to a convenience store where they have free highway maps. Another reason Montana is awesome, free highway maps. The picture of the governor's on them. I think it's kind of a political thing, but still it's cool. It's a map. And it gave us the information the, the we needed. The elevations of the passes. And then we could determine whether my um, eye was going to explode. Not kidding. Serious concern. So I can't stress enough the utility of having mm -hmm. a state highway map. They're almost always free. And if you travel in a region, maybe it's Washington, Idaho, and Montana, have three of them. They fit. Now, they're, they're hard to fold, but get over it, guys. So I absolutely agree with every single thing here. There, you need to have them, especially if you are... I, once you get out of a, outside of a city, let's just say it. You don't have cell phone coverage. Let's just be. I mean, mm -hmm. once you're in a you remote, can't count on it. You can't count on it. So the other part of his question was, Barrett, uh, what types of things to identify in map, maps such as water sources and major roads? Yes, mm -hmm. you need. What I would. This is one of <laughs> the those elevation of mountain passes. All of these <laughs> things. The reason why I say yes is, you should grab a map of your area and map out all of the things that you need. To bug out. You you need to know where the water sources are. You need to know where the forest service roads are. You need to know one, two, three, four, five ways to get out. And so, have it on paper. And have it on paper and have the plan written out. So I we could this could be a whole show, but you are hmm. what you are doing right now, Barrett, is exactly what you need to be doing. Just keep doing what you're doing. So we'll go on to the next question. We sure will, and that's Kelly, who at the bottom says Kelly, woman, not man. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, we never presume anything on this show. Uh, Kelly says that she is taking a constitutional live class. She says it's pretty pressing to see that we are so far removed from it and its intent. Say we balkanized and formed a new USA. What would you add to our constitution to help keep government the hell out of our lives? She says in parentheses, I highly recommend you all seek out that class. It's a DVD series. And the name of it again is Constitutional Live. Hillsdale College also has free courses on the Constitution, which are outstanding, I may add. Uh, what would you change? And uh, thanks, and I pray for the future. Um, 
I, I assume this is more aimed at me since I'm a lawyer and stuff. It's um, a doctor of jurisprudence yeah, and stuff. I don't lord it over anybody, but I do ask Shelby around the house to call me doctor. She won't do it. <laughs> no. Anyway, what I would change about the Constitution, there's a general answer and a specific answer. The general answer is nothing. And the reason I say nothing, you're like, well, there's all this goofed up stuff and the Supreme Court's doing goofed up stuff. Yes, they are. The problem with the Constitution is that it doesn't get enforced. It is a magnificent document. I believe there was divine inspiration at some level in the drafting of this Constitution because it is so brilliant and it has survived for so long. Most constitutions in most countries have about a 36 week shelf life. And then there's like a new coup and somebody else comes in and rewrites it. Um, so I wouldn't change anything. I would make sure that it got enforced. How do you make sure it gets enforced? You have a population that actually cares about the constitution being enforced. They don't want free stuff. They're not lazy. They're not ignorant. They're not corrupt. And this is a problem given that human beings are uh, a lot of them kind of lazy, kind of ignorant and kind of corrupt. They're, by corrupt, I mean they, they tolerate corruption. So what would I change? I would have it enforced. As far as specific things in there, this would be way too long of a discussion, sorry Kelly, and it would be way too boring for people who aren't constitutional law nerds like me. I will simply sum up what the, it would be, what the category of specific things. It would be what I call exclamation point clauses. And that is, for example, the Second Amendment, um, Congress shall make no law infringing on the right to keep and bear arms, exclamation point. It would basically be saying, no, seriously. See, but that gets to the problem of enforcing it. So there you have it. And now I think Shelby would like to tell us about some of our tremendous sponsors. Absolutely. We have an amazing and tremendous sponsor. So uh, you can find all of these folks at our website, prepping2-0.com under friends and affiliates. You'll find over there, Jared Savick. You'll find Katie Armour, Backwoods Home Magazine, New Mana Food specializes in freeze-dried bulk foods, Minuteman Coffee, EMP Shield, Paul Burke. You can find him at firstresponserealty.com, powered by Fathom Realty and Gibbs Arms. Folks, we're just literally getting started. We have so much more to talk about. And um, I want to set this up. Why don't, you, why don't you tell folks about Labor Day? Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. So reason number 29 to be, <laughs> there's a lot, to be a Patreon. We started doing this last year. You've heard us talk about this, but maybe you haven't if you're new. We have an event at our home in Western Montana over Labor Day weekend with the majority of the party happening on Sunday. Yes. So if you're a Patreon, you will get an invite to that. And you can come Saturday. A lot of folks do. Mm -hmm. A lot of folks stay over. What is happening on Friday night of Labor Day weekend that is a super awesome thing that we started and it is so much fun? And we're going to do it differently so we can all sit together Mm -hmm. because it is a well-attended Rodeo. Yeah, it's no no goofing around rodeo. And it's and we just found out recently that it won a major like regional mm-hmm. award for because it's just so bomb diggity. Ooh, mm, tremendous, it's maybe. tremendous. So encourage you to think about becoming um, a Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, because that's one of the fun events that you can uh, come and join. And seriously, it stinking fun. Oh yeah, so much fun. So we have coming up on the other side of the break. Some really amazing questions that cover so many different things. So don't go away, folks. we got so much more to talk about. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love new mana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. New mana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Without water, 
you're done in three days. Pro One water filters. It's literally a matter of life and wet. Pro One G 2.0 all-in-one gravity systems are NSF ANSI 42 component certified. Not everybody can say that. No need for additional add-on filters to reduce fluoride. Pro One stainless gravity systems include a stainless steel spigot and a countertop stand for no additional cost. Pro One water filter gravity systems. Check them out at ProOneUSA.com. That's P-R-O-O-N-E-U-S-A.com. Most tested, most trusted. In a tactical situation, your AR is your life. Gibbs Arms makes a sweet feature, the only side charger that can use a standard bolt carrier group with no modification. Gibbs makes them in 9mm, 5.56, and 308. In fact, Gibbs Arms has been granted eight patents for unique innovations. The company started back in 2008 when two Boeing engineers realized no one else made what they wanted. Take a look at their website and see all the ways Gibbs Arms can help you mod your AR. Gibbs with a Z, arms.com. That's G-I-B-B-Z-A-R-M-S.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple-to-install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself and save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for rejoining us. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. We're just getting started answering Patreon's tremendous questions. Stick around for the after show. If you're a Patreon supporter to hear more hilarity of the lightning round questions, I get to ask Glenn this week, and I have them totally lined up. So... Folks, we got so many questions with so many great topics and so many good things to talk about. This is going to be a real treat today. Forever Forward Apparel, they are a tremendous sponsor. Do they have a hilarious Chinese balloon shirt? They make they make cool Patriot shirts and things. I'm sure by now they do, or maybe not. We'll find I out. I guess you'll have to go to foreverforwardapparel.com to see if they have a hilarious Chinese balloon shirt. Okay, I got to be honest. They don't have a balloon shirt, but I was just trying to trick you to go to their website. I'm very sorry. I apologize. Well, and if you don't remember their website, if you folks, as long as you remember prepping2-0.com, you got it. They're all over there under friends and affiliates. So They sure are. Episode archive of the week. This is for all of our new listeners that may not know that we go back four years. Yeah, four years. We go back four years. We have so many episodes. This is number 225. We would like to highlight episode 38, which was everything about AK-47s with Jim Fuller of Fuller Phoenix, who is the undisputed king of AK-47s who's still alive. Of course, Mikhail Kalishnikov is number one, number unero, um, which is a Spanish-Russian word, unero. Stay on the topic. Stay and, on the topic. Sorry. Um, he invented... AKs, um, Kalashnikov, not Jim Fuller. But Jim Fuller was so much fun. And uh, one of the cool things about having a podcast 
is that um, you know, I got Jim Fuller's cell phone number and I would say to my friends, hey, look at my contacts. I have Jim's, Jim Fuller's cell phone number. And they would say, shut up, you're being obnoxious. So there you go. Administrative announcements, just a couple more. We have so much going on at Prepping 2.0. We want to tell you about it. Our next episode is going to be something new. You're going to love it. It's what we call a storyboard podcast. What is that? Well, everyone asks us, they ask me and Shelby, hey, when are you guys writing more books? The answer is we don't have any time. And besides, the government takes 46.75% of everything we would make. So it kind of stunts your enthusiasm for spending six months slaving away at a book. Talking though is easier than writing and editing. Therefore, in next week's episode, we will lay out a really cool scenario, very cool prepping scenario. We'll lay it out as a scenario instead of writing it up as a book because we don't have time. So you're gonna love this scenario. It's gonna get people thinking cannot wait so and i think we're going to end up doing more of this as we have storyboard ideas because we do periodically so you know we we were sitting in in bed this morning drinking coffee i was like you know it'd be a really cool book and shelby's like oh goodness i'm so tired of hearing this wouldn't it be cool to write a book about this and then she'll go yeah why don't you write a book and i'll go well i don't have any time so anyway but we're going to start doing more storyboard podcasts so there you have it richard in wisconsin asks is the ATF engineering a showdown with gun ownership? This latest edict, Arm Braces, is totally over the top and appears to be a stepping stone to an outright ban on semi-auto firearms. What does this look like in the courts? How should owners of firearm accessories and law enforcement respond to the unconstitutional rulings of unelected office workers? First question is, is there going to be, is this kind of a model for an outright ban on semi-auto firearms? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they, I I know they want to do it, they meaning the administration. I continue saying, and I might be proven wrong, that I don't think they can pull it off. I just don't think they could really, because they know what the ramifications of that are, and we're not going to say it out loud on this show because we try not to, you know, attract too much scrutiny. Um, What does this look like in the courts? I don't know. Um, I You have a right, obviously now, an enhanced right to self-protection. That was the awesome, pardon me, tremendous U.S. Supreme Court decision this summer. I'm not sure, though, that the Supreme Court is going to say that having an arm brace is necessary for the right to self-defense. They would probably say a pistol would work. Now, of course, arm braced, basically short barrel rifles, not in the legal sense, but in the physical, practical measurement sense are obviously far better than pistols. I don't know. And how should firearm owners and law enforcement respond? I'm going to leave that up to everybody's own decisions. We're just going to keep it at that. So I think everybody knows what I'm saying and everybody knows what I'm not saying. What's our next question from Castro? I think this is a great question Mm -hmm. because you have to really game this out. And I think it depends on the area you live in. So Castro says in a SHTF situation, where there's a group of marauders in the area and you happen to get one reconning your place, what do you do with them? Do you let them go with intel about your re- retreat security or resources or what does your punishment look like? Thoughts, Glenn, go. Oh, well, this uh, happened in a really great book series called 299 Days. Um, a Great State is a great book series, although I don't think this specific scenario happened in that story. It did in a way, but not quite this the gang aspect of it. It was more of criminals, but yeah, go ahead. Um, obviously situation dependent. So this is not a one size fits all answer. I don't think you can let them back out. You cannot let them regain their freedom because they are going to tell whoever it is that sent them. And please understand that in an SHTF scenario where food is scarce and security is king, there will be gangs yeah. of like normal nice people who in civilian in peacetime world are are like office workers they're like very nice people um when they only get to eat or not get beat up if they produce information that the gang wants they're going to turn into monsters and so it, it, let's say just for the sake of argument and an interesting storyline that you catch a co-worker reconning your place and you think, wow, that's a nice person that I used to work with. Now, of course, there are no jobs because it's SHTF. Um, don't assume they're a nice person. They're they're working probably against their will for somebody or some people 
who are extremely hostile to you and all they want to do is kill you, do other awful things and take all your food. So, and this is a real problem. This is not scaring people. This happens all over the world in these SHTF settings. I think you have to have much like the community in 299 days, you have to have a makeshift jail system. You have to be able to um, physically contain these people. Um, don't don't beat them. Don't torture them. Don't don't. You're accountable for your life when you die. In my opinion, you have to answer to God for what you did. And if you're just pounding on people for no reason, um, that's not cool. And that's that's also a great way to have everyone around you assume that you're just another gang and they're going to treat you accordingly. You have to, within reason, be better than the gangs. And that means humane confinement. Um, I, people think I'm kidding when I when you talk about food preps and I would always say, well, there's some old MREs that don't throw them out because they're still good for prisoners. Wasn't kidding. You're yeah. going to probably have at least one prisoner and you need to feed them. Obviously, they're not going to get the good stuff. They're not going to get the new manna freeze dried food, no. for example. No. They're going to get the uh, I, I personally have a couple cases of MREs that are 15 years old, um, depending on what's going on. Maybe the bad guys get one 15 year old MRE a day to keep them alive. Because why? Number one, it's the moral thing to do. Number two, law will return. There will be a return of the rule of law in some capacity. And if you are just killing people for no reason, uh, there are going to be consequences to that. And number three, the gang that sent them out, if they find out that you mistreated their person, they're going to extra mistreat you. And so you need to think of all these things. It's not as one dimensional as, well, I saw this one movie and they uh, they tortured this uh, prisoner and that was like a pretty cool scene. Like grow up, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Get real. And so it's a very serious situation. The one thing I can say without it being fact dependent is, Castro, you're doing the right thing by thinking about yes. this topic now. We always say, think about hard topics now when you're not hungry, when you're not terrified and you're not sleep deprived, now is the time to figure stuff out and come up with a plan. Yep. Um, so there you go. That's how I would treat it. Excellent question. And I think a lot of people need to be thinking about this. So the next one is by Ray Jensen and he asks, I think this is a great question. Did you, did you experiment? Oh. He says experiment, but I think he means experience, experience any culture shock and or other issues moving from a blue state to a red state. If so, how did you handle it? Do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, listeners, if you have a uh, nine hours to listen to oh the full gosh, answer, yeah. um, it would take about nine hours, hundred percent, a culture shock, um, all for the better here in a red state. It was a culture shock in the sense of and I read a letter that a friend of mine sent to me when she moved from a blue state to a red state. It's like you can breathe again. Yeah. It's this shock of I'm free. I didn't realize how unfree I was until I was free. Right. And we would experience it on a, on a small level when we go back and forth between Washington and Montana. When we would go to Montana, you can walk in a grocery store without a mask on. And then we would go back to Washington and have to start putting masks back on and and it was weird to do that multiple times but but it made us as we did that more and more the more we hated going back to Washington the more we wanted to be in Montana and looked forward to that final trip one of the other culture shocks and this is general but and it affects virtually every aspect of life and that is in general people in Montana I think red states in general are higher quality, more moral people. Obviously, there are scam artists, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying anything dumb There's no here. perfection. There's no perfection. Um, I, I can trust people here more, and that's not just some, I don't know, idealistic idea. It is based on being here a year and a half and seeing it. Um, for example, today, we had some guys come to our place and take away some pretty big garbage items that were not accepted by regular dumps, so... You know, we, we hired them. Totally solid people. Um, we paid them. We didn't have to worry when they came onto our property that they were going to do a home invasion. Right. Um, and that's one of the other things. So it's kind of a quality. Uh, I, I, I don't worry about um, not getting paid in advance with a lot of my clients here. I mean, and I've, I've had no problems whatsoever. So that's kind of the, the social um, 
part of it. There's a security side of it. And that is, I feel 100% safe in Montana. I've said it before, and I know that some people are going to freak out and be very disappointed that gung-ho Glenn Tate is saying the following. I do not carry a gun in Montana. Why? I don't feel like I need to because I don't see people. And if you think I'm kidding, go to a Facebook group called Olympia Looks Like SH blank. Um, and it, it, it chronicles people routinely defecating on sidewalks and assaulting people junkies running around with machetes trying to to kill people if you think i'm kidding or exaggerating it's it's actually but quite shocking to watch that facebook page exactly and there's no prosecution there's no there's there's no arresting of these people they it's the zombie apocalypse right now in olympia and there's a lot of pages there's portland there's chicago there's there's seattle yeah. yeah and so my point is that i don't feel threatened here and I mean, yes, I can carry a gun. Um, I, I'm certainly entitled to. It's probably a good idea. But I sit there and and I just, yeah, it's like I'm not sure that I need to. Now, when stuff gets spicy, when things get oh, that changes. spicier, I'm obviously going to adapt. Please don't hear me say that I'll never carry a gun or he it's not bad to carry lazy, a gun. Ladies and gentlemen, no. nope. And so there's that. The other thing, and this this is small, but it's a great illustration of the culture difference. Um in Washington, you know, when you, you park your car or in my case, truck, you park your truck and you go in and you do something and you come out and where you think your truck was parked, it's not there. In Washington, no kidding. My first reaction was some jerk towed my car because I was parked in the wrong space or worse yet, my truck was just stolen. You know that feeling you walk out and you go, oh, geez, my, my truck was stolen. That has never happened in Montana. Mm -mm. In fact, there was a transition period where I would park my truck, forget where it was, come out, think it's somewhere else, and I would not see my truck there. And I would think, okay, now I got to make a claim to the insurance company. Who stole my truck? I hope I wrote down the serial numbers of all the guns I have in my truck, right? And so I go through this thing, and then it was like, oh, wait, I parked it across the street, Hmm. and I forgot where it was. And now I don't expect my stuff to be stolen. So- the, the culture differences are are too numerous to mention. We thought we'd scratch the surface with them. Well, and absolutely. Speaking of the gun thing, too, and going back, and this is going to kind of pull from a couple of the questions. One cool thing is that we now live amongst preppers. Yeah. So we live among people. Excellent point. We have neighbors that and people that are very like-minded to us. And you, you meet them more than you meet the other people. Yeah. And so one nice thing is that I it's a very short list of oh that neighbor's my, not one of us. So it's one neighbor as opposed to where <laughs> we came from in western Washington. All of our neighbors were to not, varying degrees trying yeah. they were going to try to steal our stuff in yeah, collapse. Yeah, right. And and we had to have those hard conversations. So it has been really nice that way. I hope that answers your question. So I'm going to read this one and Glenn is going to answer it from Ben. He asked, cause, and I, and I say this because Glenn is our ham radio guy. Kind of am. Being ham radio operators, do you have a specific type of radio you like? Handheld mobile and brand DMR digital radio, mobile radio. Do you use pre-built antennas or do you build one your own? Have you ever considered bow hunting or using a crossbow to hunt or adding it to your skills? Boy, that was a random question at the end. I'll answer that one if you do the ham radio ones. Okay, let's start off with crossbow or um, bow. I have thought about it. This is new. This is news to Glenn. I've thought about it for for one reason. There is so much awesome game. I mean, we're sitting in our at our kitchen table this morning watching just meat go by all kinds of flock of about 15 fully mature juicy bulked up turkeys turkeys and then we also have deer that are just constantly coming onto our property and driving our dogs crazy Mm -hmm. so the thing about shooting a firearm is you have to always think about what's behind it you Mm got to think about your backside what you do alec baldwin and it's and it's well he needs to think about what's in front of the gun before that. Let's just yes. get that real straight. Um, and there's just enough. Th- we have neighbors. We have thing that we crossbow intrigues me that way. I've thought about it. It 
I can say that it's on my list of let's check it out. I don't know if I'll do it, though. Yeah, I I 100 percent agree with that. I would love to diversify into Mm -hmm. that, at least have the capability just because of the lack of noise. Yes. That that you mentioned as far as ham radio, specific type of radio you like. um, There are two answers to that. Um, There is the mass produced group radio, which would be for having handout, you know, uh, handing out to neighbors um, and then having a large team. I I think you can't beat Baofangs. Yeah, I, I think you can't beat them um, because they are so inexpensive. They're not super rugged, but that's why you have tons of extras because they're so inexpensive. As far as a good brand of handheld radio, much better quality, much more rugged, uh, better, better sound, better, slightly better range. Um, big fan of Yesu handhelds. Here's the problem, though. Once you get away from Baofangs, and this is all covered in the electronic flashcards I put out called PAM Radio. That's Prepper Amateur Radio or Practical Amateur Radio. It's pam-radio.com, pam-radio.com. Thousands of you listening to this show have purchased the flashcards. You can do them on your phone. Takes about 45 minutes to go through them. They have links to radios to buy, go into all kinds of details. But the downside to good handheld radios is there are about a tenth as many accessories. You don't have as many uh, extra antennas. You don't have as many charging stations. Um, the the software to program them is a little bit harder to come by. It's not impossible. Um, so there are downsides to that. Um, and you need to talk about DMR Digital Mobile Radio. Not a fan. I've never really played with it, to be honest. Not a fan because while digital is cool, for example, I listened to on regular analog radio um, a conversation that was going on on DMR in Western Washington, and it was a guy uh, in uh, Calgary, Canada. So the range is incredible. However, it still requires the internet, number one. And number two, it's a lot more complicated. So if you're really into radios, DMR is cool. But if you're not really into radios, you just view them as a tool that you need to know how to use at some minimal level, which I believe is probably the majority of listeners, I would stay away from DMR because it's more complicated and more expensive. So I'm going to take the next question, if you okay, don't mind. Okay, please do. So Redoubt Realm, mm. love the name. In a desert-like location with not very many trees, how can you make your homestead more incognito and less of a target when the collapse happens? One answer to that, that that helps anyone in a desert situation, do something underground or subterranean so that it, and do some sort of a clay or some sort of a adobe style home that's underground. Two things. One, you get the incognito aspect that you want. You're, you're less of a footprint. Two, you get to take advantage of the cooling effect and uh, being underground in your living situation in a super hot climate. So that's what I would recommend. There's lots of great prepping books and some great YouTube channels on how to do that really inexpensively. And there's some pretty cool contractors in those areas of the country that know how to do that. So I hope that answers that question. But yeah, I would go, I would do some some somehow at least halfway submerged underground so that you have just natural air conditioning and you're more incognito. Exactly. Russ Winter asks a great question that I will take if you don't yes, mind. Absolutely. This is one of my other yes, it is. specialties. Uh, he asked, what is the proper percentage of precious metals? A lot of P's in that sentence. Yeah, because it's uh, brought to you. Today is brought to, to you by, by the, the letter P to hold in a portfolio. Oh, wow. And uh, what should the breakdown be? Um, I.e. pure silver versus junk silver, different weights, bars, gold versus silver. Thank you. We have done two previous shows on gold and silver with the tremendous Joe Jaquin of Patriot Trading Group. Patriot Trading Group are friends of ours. We make no money from them. They're not sponsors. We're not steering people to them. They are the real deal when it comes to buying gold and silver. They're one of us. I mean, Patriot Trading Group. I mean, do the math. I mean, they pick that name uh, for a reason. They're super cool. They have a show, um, Patriot Radio News Hour, where they talk about this kind of stuff. You can learn a ton from it. But to start with, you should listen to our two previous episodes. Go ahead and put in the search engine of your choice, prepping2-0.com and gold, and you'll find both episodes. 
But to answer your question, um, pure silver versus junk silver, and pure would be bars and things like that. Junk silver, otherwise known as utility silver, which makes it sound a little cooler, are like silver dimes and quarters and 50 cent pieces, uh, U.S. currency before 1964. Way bigger fan of junk or utility silver than I am pure silver for one simple reason. If you hand somebody a 50 cent piece from, it says 1962 on it, Everybody knows, and they will know during a collapse because this will become common knowledge. Um, they will know that it has um, roughly half an ounce of silver in it. And so you, you kind of get the, uh, the brand appreciation. I mean, you, you know what you're getting when you get junk silver, and it's, it's less expensive. If you got an ingot that said two ounces from the the Yukon mint or whatever. I, I don't know what that is, right? And so I would definitely do utility silver. If you want to do pure stuff, uh, go ahead and do it. Uh, different weight bars, I've covered that. Gold versus silver. Uh, gold and silver have two different purposes. If I had to pick one, I would pick silver. And that is because um, silver is less expensive and it comes in smaller denominations. I mentioned the half ounce for a... Uh, 50 cent piece. Um, and so it's like you can make change with it. You can mm -hmm. buy smaller priced things with it. If you've only got one ounce silver, pardon me, one ounce gold coins, like a American gold Eagle, that's great. I mean, it's currently worth about 2000 bucks right now, but it's kind of hard to make change if you need a dozen eggs and you, you at a, at a, uh, collapse scenario trading post, you pull out a gold coin. First of all, nobody's got change for you. And second of all, when you pull out that gold coin, you better have a team of gunfighters protecting you because you will be robbed. So there's a million reasons to do silver instead of gold. A percentage of the portfolio, I don't do financial advice. I leave that up to people. I would say though, that precious metals need to be a relatively small amount, in my opinion, of your portfolio, because the second you put all your eggs in one basket, it, it just seems like things don't work out well. Um, but if you've got extra money, uh, definitely put it into gold and silver. I would say if you've got your retirement taken care of, supposedly taken care of with 401ks, that you shouldn't um, keep putting money into those things. If you've got extra money, I think gold and silver are a great place to put the extra money. So just to give a quick plug to Patriot Trading Group, you can find them at our friends and affiliates page. If you click on that, it'll take you over to allamericangold.com. Dot, dot com. Great folks over there that'll help you. And All American stuff. Gold is Patriot Trading They're Group. They're the same. So one cool feature before we wrap up, I just want, we've talked about it a lot. Folks, we, this seems so silly and dumb. On our website, up in the upper right-hand corner, there's a little search yeah. button. So now yeah. you can search for all of these great things that we talk yeah, about. Yeah, you could search for the word gold and it'll and come up in our archives. And find all of the shows. Folks, we are going to take this into the after show. We have so many more awesome questions to talk about from our tremendous Patreons. But as you all know, from our wonderful and tremendous founding father, Benjamin Franklin, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. Adios. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.